Welcome to Genius Leadership Overcoming Everything podcast. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighter mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their rollercoaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. If you find the show valuable, could you do me a favor? Rate and review the podcast, share it with your network so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. And for now, let's take the ride together. Hey, Genius Leaders, it's time for another episode of the show, and I'm happy that you're tuning in for it. Today, I'm going to talk to Katie Keach. She is the Senior Credit and Collection Executive with over 17 years of experience in the area. And at the moment, she's serving as the Chief Operating Officer at two organizations, plus running her own company. So just that probably makes you interested in the conversation, I hope at least. And with Katie, we talk about several paths, both her career journey, where she has been part of the leadership team that has grown a company from around $1 million US dollars in revenue to over $1.5 billion. And we're discussing what she has learned from that, what kind of challenges she had as the leader, what kind of issues they have gone through with her team and how she has handled them. And then we switch to what she's doing right now with the business, uh, the Full Advantage LLC company of hers. And she's talking about the entrepreneurship journey of hers as well. So you'll hear a bit of everything here. It is about the hyper growth of your company and how you can successfully go through it. It is about the roadblocks you have. We're talking about the mindset there and how the fear of failure has prevented Katie from taking care of herself, her physical health. That, And we discuss how it might sound ridiculous when you listen to it from the side, but how easy it is to get into that track and not see it when you are in the middle of that storm, so to say. We are talking about how to build your team and how to get the buy-in of the team's especially when you go through merging cultures from uh, after mergings or acquisitions within the organization, or when you hire a lot of people, how do you make sure that the culture is there? How do you make sure that everyone is working towards the same goal and see their, so to say, local goal of their department, their group, uh, or their personal can go in alignment with the company goals? Katie is talking a lot about what kind of conversations she used to have with her employees to get that buy-in. She's also talking about how to get out there and develop your network and how she is using her social media to actually keep learning. She has the goal of having a handful of conversations every week just to, to learn for the sake of learning and continuous development. So it's not the sales conversations. It's not networking per se. It's really reaching out to people who have different experiences and different backgrounds and learning from them. And I want you to take that challenge as well. Uh, How can you set up a goal for yourself? What kind of channels can you use so that you can also learn continuously from the people around you? We're blessed nowadays to be connected via the social media with anyone in the world. So just play around with that thought. Who would you like to learn from and how can you connect with them and have a conversation that will enrich in you and help you grow? So without further ado, let me present Katie Keach for you. Enjoy the conversation and let us know about your takeaways via the social media or write to me via email. I'm always happy to get your feedback. See you on the other side. Hey, everyone. It's time for another episode of Genius Leadership Podcast live on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And today I'm super excited about the topic because I don't know enough about it myself, uh, what is the experience of our guest, but also the journey that she has come through to get to the point where she's helping other businesses. It's just super fascinating. Katie Kate, thank you so much for finding time. And good morning to you. It's still morning for you. (laughs) And warmest welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. So Katie, we'll go into what you do now and how you got there, the whole journey, but I usually start with the general framework, right? This podcast is about genius leadership. And I'm always curious about what is geni- like what is leadership and who is a leader for you as my guest? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I um, am very big on the, the leader is the person that's showing people how to 
take charge and not being afraid to take accountability where accountability needs to be taken. You know, they don't point blame. They're always working and doing, you know, the best for their team and ensuring that they are, you know, leading by example. Yeah. Uh, can you elaborate more about the accountability? I really love that word, but I would like to know what do you mean when you talk about that on both parts, right? The people who are led and who are following and also those who are leading. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for me, it's when people um, are, there's something that goes wrong, right? There's something that goes wrong in the day-to-day and you find yourself looking at everybody else to go, oh, what happened? How did this happen? Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in, um, you know, the, hey, listen, it doesn't matter why it happened. Um, we want to we want to correct it to ensure something doesn't happen in the future, but onus is on me. I'm the leader. So if it's somebody on my team, or my team's team, you know, fully down the track here, the onus has to be this at this point as a leader, because it also starts and stops with me. And so mm. I'm going to say, you know, let's work to figure out what, what we're on. Let's learn from it. But then let's understand these things happen and we've got to learn from them. Mm. I love it, Katie, because you, what you're saying is really about the ownership, right? And it's really instead of pointing fingers at each other, saying like, hey, we're in this together. We're all learning, Right. And like I, as a leader, not always have the correct answers. And I'm sometimes I'm also screwing up and so on. So giving permission to your team to do the same and, and then like having their hand and, and giving them your support to really figure out, okay, what is our learning? How do we improve? How do we avoid this next time? This is brilliant. And it's so important for us leaders to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I think it's something that not all leaders do. You know, um, so many times it's the, let's see, if I can put onus on somebody else or, oh, I can't, you know, I don't want to look like I make mistakes. The best leaders make mistakes. The ones that are willing to make mistakes generally go further and they're willing to try things other people aren't willing to do. They're willing to make the pivot faster. And, you know, these are the things that I think are defining true leadership. It's so good that you're saying about that, Katie, because that's, to me, this is about overcoming everything. And this is about the genius leadership because people from outside will only look at our successes if we're successful. And it, it somehow happens very naturally that everything else blurs out. Even if we try to point out, hey guys, I worked for this for like with this for 15 years and I sacrificed this and that. People just somehow don't it doesn't land. So it's so important to really keep pointing it out that we educate each other and remind each other like, hey, failing and trying is part of this process. And it's the important part of the process, just as you said, that is something that gets you further on your journey, on your success journey. It it maybe gets you there faster as well. And in a healthier way, if we're just sitting there and avoiding, trying to avoid the failures, then we're hurting ourselves because we, we are really restricting ourselves. And that restriction is usually suffocating. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, you gotta be able to Look in the mirror and know that you tried your best. As I, I always say that if you are looking in the mirror and you have self-doubt, you know, that's where you're going to, you know, give that, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have that come off of you and that's gonna go to your team. So you have to look in the mirror and have that confidence and know you did your best, you tried. Things are gonna work, some things are not gonna work, and it's okay. Yeah, I love it. So I would like to get the conversation or divide it a bit into two parts. One is your experience in the corporate because you have a brilliant journey there that I think a lot of people will learn a lot and then go into the full advantage you will see. So what you're doing now and how you're helping businesses. Is that okay with you? Yeah, it works for me. Yeah, great. So we can start with the first part of it, the corporate. And you started in the corporate when you were 19. How come? (laughs) Yeah. So um, it's funny. I I loved basketball. Always thought I was going to end up being a basketball player and going to college somewhere and just focusing on that. And I ended up um, hurting, getting hurt in my junior year and kind of ended those dreams. And so I found myself at that point in my life kind of going, okay, what's next for me? Ended up enrolling in a local community college and graduating high school and saying, well, I might as well get a job. So I started with that company when I was 19 years old and it was just a small franchise. It was under, you know, a million in revenue. And we looked at each other. I was, I think I was one of two employees to start. and. It was kind of like, okay, how do we grow this? Um, and then we just figured it out. I mean, it was definitely a team effort. I'm, I never, ever take full accountability. We had great leadership. And we were able to you know, consolidate during the, the recession 
to, to continue scaling and growing. We, you know, organically, we're making purchases and acquisitions of other franchises, helping fold them in and lead by example. And we went from being under a million dollars to 200 million in, in like eight short years. And then corporate kind of came back in and said, Hey, you guys are a super franchise. We want to purchase you as the large franchising system, fold you back into corporate and, and start the, the um, acquisition model, buying up the franchises and, and folding it into the corporate stores. And we did that, you know, to the tune of 650 million and then looked at, um, you know, Hey, it was time to purchase our largest competitor at the time. So we folded them in to get into the 800 million and then continued growing on both, um, you know, kept both brands separate, continued growing and ended up, you know, being 1.5 billion um, over you know, 14 years of, of time. And so, and most recently, um, you know, I'm still uh, still in touch with the organization and, and still, you know, for a business, just did an acquisition uh, or merger, I should say, of, of two huge global brands. And now they're a $4 billion company. So as of a uh, little close here in the next 45 days. Uh, so uh, just, just those numbers. I know, it's a lot. <laughs> Going from 1 million to 4 billion in revenue. Yeah, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. And I think that that will start like people will just be like, okay, let's listen. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think we have attention of our audience right now. Now I want to go through two parts. While you were growing in revenues, I want to go into two more parallel tracks growth of the team yeah. and growth of the leadership and you as a leader. Which one of those would you like to start with? Let's start with growth as me as a leader, because there definitely were times that, uh, you know, a lot of trials and tribulations with that kind of growth, right? So not necessarily knowing what the path was and creating the path was a big part of that. And it was trial and trial by fire. You know, we weren't afraid to try things that our competitors weren't doing. We weren't afraid to do things that others weren't doing. So I think that being able to and that's something that I, I still hold with me even today. Like I, I look at things so differently than most people do and look at how can I bring technology into this? How can I um, automate it so that we don't need more bodies all the time? Uh, what can make us more effective and efficient in our job and operations? And me as a leader, I, I like self-check myself during that kind of growth and multiple times was making sure that I was providing for my team being there to be a listening ear to whatever they were feeling because, you know, there was uncertainty a lot of times. And then other ways, just making sure that I, you know, I found myself and I will say I made a key mistake, which was at times I was literally not eating, sleeping or drinking. I was just so focused on growth and so focused on, you know, my own personal development at that time that I... And I think a fear of failure, if I'm honest with you, it's fear of fail- failure. Failure for me personally, failure of the team, failure for the company, and then and failure for my family because I, I just was so... I was all in. And so it definitely was a time where I needed... My, my, my husband had that conversation with me and he was like, listen, we, we need you as the wife. We need you as the mom. We need you as the daughter. Like You need to come back and... and there's balance here. So that was something I was never very good at growing up balance. And so I needed that kind of channel check. And um, I was, I'm not afraid to share that that was a mistake I made because mm-hmm. I got so obsessed with it. Um, so I need to take that little step back there, keep that balance and, and, you know, be okay that things didn't get done at the end of the day that were on the to-do list and move them to the next day. Mm. I'm so grateful, Katie, that you are sharing that because I, I know that so many of us are going through that. I'm I'm struggling with that at the moment uh, myself. And when I hear you like listening from the side, it's just so obvious that that's the wrong way when you like you're afraid of failing and that's why you are ignoring the basics of of your physical health, right? It just sounds like duh, obviously it doesn't work. But I'm going through that myself. I'm fairly okay with the physical health, but my mental health has been like pushed to the end of the list and the, the list is endless, right? So that is really something that I need to actively bring to the top of the list every single day. And it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of effort. So obvious as it sounds from the side, I want you genius leaders to really pay attention to that. Where in this conversation can you recognize yourself right now and challenge yourself to look for the ways out of that? 
just as Katie said, she had to have those conversations with her husband. And it's beautiful when your husband is really open to have the conversation with you and say, hey, we need you. We're losing you. We want you. We love you and we want you here. Right? So think about that. Who can be that honest person that you have can have this conversation with? Because not always we are capable of pulling ourselves out of those things ourselves, right? And even if we understand it, even if our brain is really like, okay, this is wrong. I know that I shouldn't be doing this way, but it's all get so hard to get out of that when you're in the moment. So it's so important to have the support system, both at work and in private life all the time and lean onto that because as leaders, we grow, just as you, Katie said, you, you were growing a lot, right? In that, in that period of the growth of the company, and the growth comes with growth pains. It does. <laughs> yeah. So we really need to lean on to people who can help us when it is painful and, and support us so that we actually get through that pers- uh, a process. Katie, I want to roll back to two things. First one, uh, you said about being the present for your people, right? You were really trying to make sure that you're always there. You're a listening ear to them because things are going wrong, right? I know a lot of people who who are stuck in this culture of meetings, for example. They're just running from one thing to another and so on. And their calendar is just filled with that. And they're like, I want to be a more present leader for my people, but I have no clue how to get there. Were you ever there or did you have by default the culture that never got you to that challenge? And what would you suggest to people? Yeah, so I can't say I ever got there, but I will say the reason I never got there is because I so I'm such a believer in developing my people. And in order to develop them, I have to have some trust, right? So when I onboard people um, onto the team, I'd have conversations about what I envisioned their career path. And I would sit there at offer letter time and say, today, knowing what I know, what do I envision this role to look like? Of course, it had moments where it needed to pivot or change due to circumstances and, and, um, you know, or necessarily wasn't exactly, you know, the right fit. And, And so I'm a big believer, right person, right seat, which is, you know, in the in the book Traction, and you'll hear a lot about that. But it's really important that, you know, I took a look at setting a career path and then trying to continue to ensure that I reminded them of the career path I saw for them, and then holding myself accountable to how do I develop them to get there. And a lot of that comes from being able to let go a little bit. I have, you know, I daily touch points with my team to make sure even today, you know, I oversee I'm the chief operating officer for, for two companies. I'm the CEO of my own company. And I have teams built on all three of these, on um, all three of these platforms. But I am, um, I'm touched. I'm doing touch points with them. I check in, see how things are going. We do have calls um, weekly on the calendar where they get, you know, one at one time. But I still just say, hey, how's your day going? And I make sure I let them know how much I appreciate them. I believe of them, and that they're they're followers. You know, and I believe in the five um, five levels of, of leadership and. and being able to have people be your followers without them having to be. You know, you start as a leader, and I can't remember the podcast I, I had that on, but um, you start as a leader where people have to follow you because they report to you, right? But I've now built this, I'm at this level of leadership where I've got this network of people that stay connected because they want to stay connected, not because they have to stay connected. And and I've truly still been able to be a sounding board for them and to help, you know, create a career path, create opportunities, connect them to opportunities. And so that's what I think, again, is what it's about being a true leader, um, you know, keeping those relationships, but then not having, don't be the micromanager. You know, I, my team does make mistakes daily. They make mistakes and, and, you know, I'm okay with it. Cause every time we do, we, we sit down, we talk about what went wrong and those mistakes are my mistakes. If they, if it happened, I tell them like, you can't get in trouble for making a mistake. You can only get in trouble if we don't ever talk about the mistake, right? So I, I wanted to be a culture where they come to me, they talk about what went wrong, we learn together, we talk about ways to prevent it in the future. Um, and I say to them that they'll always be my accountability, it'll always be my my mistake. This is a sign of great leadership to me. And uh, if I summarize the, that answer, Katie, as you said, you yourself didn't never get there uh, with just being like in the spinning of the wheels with meetings and so on. And I think that the core here is really about the trust and letting people do their job. And that is a recurrent topic here. Uh, a lot of leaders who have been on my show are talking about that. Let your people play, let, let them be in their zone of genius, don't micromanage. So I would say that this culture of constant meetings often comes from lack of trust. 
And I agree. There'd be a dozen of, le- of, of reasons for that. You know, when the company grows too quickly, when there are some acquisitions where the cu- cultures don't really uh, work together and they collide. So you need to get some more control for a period, but then it just gets a habit and you continue with the control when, even when you don't need it. Right. But start exercising that as a leader, start exercising that. Okay. Which of these meetings can I take away by giving more trust to my people that they will solve it and they will come to me if they need my advice or they need to discuss the failure and find the learning in that and do it one meeting at a time or one employee at a time. You don't yes. have to like redo everything from scratch. Don't, today. don't overcorrect. Don't overcorrect. Don't start doing that today. Yeah. No, one person at a time, one project at a time. Don't take on more than you can handle. For sure. But that, that, that can start creating shifts for you and you can get the energy and the valuable time that we all as leaders want more of to, to really lead your people the way you want to. So Katie, what else has happened in that growth uh, period, both on your personal level as a leader and also on the team? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, uh, I added to my family during those times. I definitely went through some imposter syndrome a little bit just because I was not very confident at times whether I really deserved the seat at the table or why I had the seat at the table. I questioned those things. But I really, you know, I did a lot of just self-development. I listened to podcasts. I, you know, make sure that I stay connected on LinkedIn and, and building my network, having conversation. From a from a growth standpoint, you know, I would definitely say building your network is just so, so important. You never know what conversations can lead you to what opportunities. And that's something I, I don't think enough people today, you know, sure people post on it, but do they have are you having five or six conversations a week that you're just learning from that you're, you know, you're not selling because it's, it's, you can't always be in sale mode. In fact, I'm often not in sale mode. I'm just in learning to understand how people do things, why they do it that way. And then from a leadership standpoint, I do the same thing. I look to learn from my team. I look to hire people that I'm going to learn from myself. And I tell them that I want you to take my job one day. I'm not fearful of you taking my job. I want you to take my job because all boats rise. And if I continue to develop you and you develop underneath you, then we can get to a point where we have three companies that all run independently. And you know I'm a part of them, but I'm not the only thing that makes them run, right? So it's so important to be able to continue building that leadership and that, that culture where they believe in themselves. They know you believe in them and they know they're appreciated. Reward and recognition are very, very important. And I make sure that at, at as often as I can, I, I honor those two things. I'm having goosebumps when you said about the, the boats, right? And the rising. And that's the thing. Like when you are showing that you don't have fear of people stepping on your toes by, by, by the growth. None. That's just such a beautiful relationship to have as a leader. It is. Makes the job very fun. <laughs> that's for sure as well. So would you like to give us a, an example or two maybe of the challenges you had and you overcome or the learnings that you've got from, from the growth pains that you've been having in the company uh, throughout those years. And then we could go over to, to the full advantage of what you do nowadays. Hey, Genius Leader, I'm chiming in here quickly to ask you to do one thing for me. If you're enjoying this episode, share it with one person who you think would find it valuable as well. Let's spread the goodness together so that more people can play within their zone of genius. Yeah, absolutely. I would say um, you know one of the biggest things when we were in when we were in growth mode, it was like, I think you touched on it earlier, like the bringing of the cultures together. So we had um, built such a culture from our sales perspective, where our leaders trusted in our back office, they trusted in our credit department, they trusted in our collections department. When somebody said, you know, we need to bring this on with an on file or um, you know a security deposit prepayment, like. That we didn't have all of these um, relationships that were running back up to the CEO and saying, "Oh, they're not letting me do my job." We just didn't have that. And I believe again, it starts at the top. We had a, we had a CEO um, and leaders on the team that were very supportive and knew, "Hey, we we have goals, we have growth goals, and if we want to achieve those and we want to achieve them fast, we need to have this area locked up. It's so important. If we just bring on any business and we had no credit policies, we had no collections policies." then we're going to have that high attrition and we're going to be running on a hamster wheel. We're not going to get that that compound effect that I talk about often. And so we really got the sales organization and we're in that 200 million and under 
we got the sales organization to buy in on that. We got our CEO to be huge champion and supporter of that. And then when we went and went into like this, what I call hyper growth mode, it was so important. And I was on the, I was on the road a ton getting in and doing round tables with our sales departments. Cause as we were adding more of those leaders to the company and adding more um, sales representatives to the company, I wanted to get in front of them. I wanted to have these one on one conversations, not one on one, but in a round table opportunity, let them trust me, let them buy in on me and let them you know, know that if my team's coming to them and saying this, it's th- this is why. It's because they want to see them continue to scale and grow. And if we put our time and money into accounts that aren't going to be with us in the future, six weeks, six months from now, we're not going to get that hyper super growth that we're looking for. We're going to get that hamster wheel. So when I got in front of them and I was able to sit and, and have those conversations, and I think in one year, it was literally like 40 conversations I did in a six-month period of time, whether it be you know by phone or in person. When I was able to have those conversations, I could see like, it was weird. I, I always describe it as a surreal moment for me. I could see light bulbs going off above their heads. Like they were bought in, show me the way. And so I would say, you know, be if you really want to see that hyper growth, make sure that you're looking at how are you onboarding customers? Do you have a credit policy? Because you want that revenue that's going to compound and be with you. Um, and so you know, making sure that we had those conversations. And I think if we didn't, you know, have those conversations, I don't know that we would have had the growth because when you merge those two cultures together and those two different trains of, of thought, I think you can lose something uh, if, you, if you didn't bring in how you wanted it to operate. If you had this group operating this way and this group operating this way, I just don't think you would have gotten the hyper growth. I can't say we, I know that because we didn't run into it. We went, we got in front of it. So, you know, that's my best recommendation. I really love what you talk about now, uh, Katie, because I've seen it quite a lot, especially in the big organizations, this us and them culture within, especially between engineering and business or sales operations and, you know, like, or product development and aftermarket and so on and so forth. So what you're discussing right now, so many companies are going through. So I want to go a bit deeper here for a moment. What kind of conversations were those? How did you get the buy-in in in those roundtables? What kind of questions did you ask? What kind of uh, why did you give to them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, one of the biggest things was I, the first thing I said when I sat at the table was, listen, I think your job is one of the hardest jobs in the organization. Sales is one of the hardest jobs in the organization. And I didn't say that in a fake manner. I said that in a truly, like, I get it that, you know, knocking on doors, quote unquote, picking up the phone and having a cold calling and just getting that rejection has got to be hard. And so when you get somebody that says, yes, naturally your body and your mind want to go, let's just do business with them. But I talked about why it's so important to make sure they were spending their time and money. And when I say money, meaning their time, their energy on the right account, on the business that's going to be there, that was the right business for us as an organization to bring on. And working with that team on the back end is how you were going to know whose door you wanted to knock on, whose phone you wanted to pick up and call. Because if you were just going all business is good business, we weren't going to see that hyper growth that we were going to, we were looking for. So when we got a little bit picky and choosy about who we were bringing on and we started with, how do we look for the right leads in the beginning? How do we make sure our salespeople are doing this? I looked at them and said, I want to see you on a golf course on Wednesdays. I want to see you have three, three day weekends more often than not. But I can't get you there if you don't trust me. So it was a trust conversation, you know. And I think looking into my eyes and seeing my passion and purpose, and knowing that I truly did believe in them, I still believe in them today. I still have these conversations with these people that don't aren't a part of my organization today. um, That they know that they that I care and that I wanted to see that growth for them. And so many of them have now gone on to be CEOs of their own companies because you know they were able to get that growth and get that success. It's so important that you said that you started with acknowledgement, right? You see your people, you you know their struggles. Because the, I, I I could imagine that a lot of us, us and them kind of cultures start from there. Like they don't get us, uh, us. They, they, they'll never get us. And they don't have the interest in doing that. And you coming with this perspective, like, hey guys, I see you. It's important what you do. And I know that it's hard. Just that opens up the hearts and the minds of people. 
And then with that, those open heart and minds, you can together come to the solutions that everyone has to buy in. Once so, I thank had you so that, much for sharing. Yeah. Once I had that open, open heart, open mind, you know, I then walked them through the story. And the story was we wanted to be able to do larger investments from contest perspectives, from um, trip perspectives, from different things, but we needed to have the financing. We needed the funds to do that. And those funds came from us being able not only to sell the customer, but to be able to collect those funds on the back end because it, it was a chicken before the egg conversation, right? Yes, mm-hmm. sales are super important, but our sales, sales, if we don't bring the cash through on the back end, you know, I, they're equally important. They're equally, you, you need both in order to be successful. And so I was, I was there and saying to them that we've got long-term plans for this organization and we want you to be a part of it. And if we can do this together as a team, then we can mutually reach our goals. Well, I can reach my goals in my credit and collections departments. They can reach their goals from a sales perspective. And when we had that synergy, that's when the magic truly happened. That, that hyper growth was really something that just truly remarkable to watch. And, and a lot of it came with working together and then me being able to replicate my relationships and what I was doing, not only with my team, but my team replicating it with, with other teams. So it didn't have to be me there. You know, I was able to teach what I was doing to others. And that's where the real compound effect occurred. But I would say the true, true testament to that was that the, the CEO, the CFO, when we were in the 200 million in size, believed in that message. So the, there was not this, oh, let me go run up to the top. And then the CEO comes down, down and says, no, we're not going to do it that way. It was, you know what? There's a reason why that person's in that position and I'm going to back them. You know, and so yeah, we mutually understood each other. We mutually worked together. And we achieved both of our goals. And that was the that was the goal. Yeah, that, just as I said, that's the magic, right? That happens. And I would, I, I believe that we can actually get to the world where that is not magic anymore. Like, oh my God, that happened, but it's more normal. And that's why we work with, with the things we do, right? Both you and me in, in our uh, own worlds. So thanks a lot for sharing the journey. And I think there, like our listeners and viewers have gotten a lot of uh, nuggets to work with there and to take with them. And now I want to transition to this journey of yours as an entrepreneur. What motivated you? Like you've been successful in that corporate job and you're, you're still like have your toes in there, right? But why going and trying to, to work with smaller businesses, but more of them? So I, I had this aha moment when I was you know doing that roadshow that I was just kind of describing to you, going in and talking to them. And um, the moment was that if this, if our organization needed this kind of conversation, how many other organizations need it? And I, I did get the opportunity to, um, to work with, you know, a, a Fortune 50 company in 2019. And so that really kind of sealed for, for me that more companies need this conversation and this, this help than I even realized. And so, through full advantage, you know, we connect people, process, and profit. That's kind of our slogan. And then I come in from a consultative, consultative approach and look at, okay, you know, do you need my team to come in and just help reorg, restructure, new process, new procedures, scale and grow from there? Or, you know, the other avenue we have is just we handle it all together. And so we can handle billing, payment processing, credit collections. We have a team of people that handle all of those things. It's continuing to grow. And so depending on the leader and what they were looking to accomplish, you know, we can help either come in and work with the existing team, you know, help coach, help train, lead, provide all of those things, or we can just be that, you know, outsource solution that looks and feels like your team. You know, we're calling as, as that company, we're, we're represented as that company, but, you know, we in fact are a separate organization. And so it's that plug and play opportunity that a lot of companies don't necessarily feel like they have today. So, and, and I had that aha moment when I was on that roadshow that, man, if I can be this impactful to one organization, what could I do to, you know, many? And so that kind of started the, the wheels spinning that down the road in a future life, this is what I wanted to do. And I certainly am still in, in corporate America, um, and, and enjoying my role as it stands, um, on both of those companies and truly seeing the growth already in those companies. But, I also like to be able to have these conversations and just continuing to see where this leads. 
Did you directly have the idea of having both ways of working with you? So plug and play, but also the coaching or consulting, or did, did you start with one and then you saw, okay, there, there is a need for the other one as well and we can offer it. What's the journey there? No, I, I definitely had both all the time. I really, um, very heavy on the consulting side from 2019 into 2020. And, you know, one of the things that I, I just had said to myself, okay, I think now is the time to start implementing that we can just do it for you. You know, um, it's certainly a lot more work. People want to, you know, keep the existing infrastructure, keep the people. The, the consulting option is, is definitely the one to go with. But for some companies, you know, especially I work with a, a number of private equity firms who have separate portcos, you know, they bring us in to say, hey, we've got this cleanup. Let's just bring, let's bring you in. Let's have you clean it up. Um, and then either you handle it ongoing or, you know, it's handled differently, you know, going forward. So it's kind of got both of those things. In, and really that's what it's all about, right? You either want to keep the, keep it in house, keep control of it, have your people be, you know, leveled up or the other side of it is, Hey, listen, uh, this, I've tried it this way. I really believed in, in the people I've got, but it just didn't work out. You guys slowly need to take this over and, you know, we'll let you handle it. Well, what's next for you? What do you see for the full advantage LLC, the growth of it? Where do you want to get with it? You know, I don't have, I don't have that roadmap. I, I can tell you that I am just flying by the seat of my pants and bracing every day. You know, my core focus is, is on um, growing the two companies that I'm the chief operating officer for helping them to scale and grow. Um, and so I really try to limit, you know, how much I take on. So I've had to turn away opportunities and connect other people up to those opportunities. I've certainly got quite a, a network of people that I work with and, and refer business to. But I've really, you know, I would love to wake up two or three years from now to, you know, multi-million dollar, three multi-million dollar companies um, and leadership and growth and development in all of them and be more of, of you know, um, the outside looking in that that would kind of be the goal. I say three to five years from now. Then I'll write my book. I want to write a book. That's on my list. Of okay. Things. Have you started already? I have not. Do you have an idea what it could be about? Leadership. I think leadership, the struggles, the story. I, you know, I've got I've got quite a personal and professional story, and I've learned that as I start to tell it. I mean, I spoke. Um, you know, and in the evenings, I speak. I speak in different women's groups and different organizations. And I get to share that story. I kind of help them to, you know, grass isn't always greener for those that are like on the fence starting to look. I'm like, listen, grass isn't always greener. Have the conversations, learn to put your feet in somewhere. And if you job hop, you know, that's how you're going to be viewed. And I talk about what I look for at resumes and stuff like that. But I, I thoroughly enjoy those, those evening conversations and doing more of that. And, uh, you know, haven't put any time into writing the book yet, but but it's on the list of things to do in the future. It's good that you're sharing here, Katie, because maybe someone who is listening have their, for example, the women's group in their, um, yeah, in their organization that they would Please. like you to uh, to talk to, or maybe they could they they really love your story and and you and your experience and would love to help you with a book getting out. So just heads up there out there, genius leaders. I, I think that's a great point. And you know, it's so funny. I um I say women's group because I, I have spoken a few, but I've definitely spoken in just, you know, mentorship and leadership groups because I think that's a huge thing. And I know I didn't talk too much about that, but I did form that mentor mentee program. Um, you know, I didn't I shouldn't say I formed it, but I, I helped implement it and and continue to do that today where I just want to continue to bring in new people and to have, you know, that, that partner for them that they can have as a sounding board, not necessarily in their department or not doing the same role as them, but help them to get in, you know, incubated into the, into the organization. And so it's definitely, you know, doesn't have to be a women's group only. I've definitely spoken at, at other events that were not just women, but I enjoy both of them. And so if you don't have any kind of mentorship, leadership program, I definitely think that's another nugget to to implement because it starts to again foster that culture and that growth. And one of the things I will say that I've never knock on wood um, in my many years, I have not had an attrition problem from a personnel standpoint. I have people that call me regularly that want to come work for me that worked for me previously, and I'm a big believer in you know you create a culture that people want to be around, or you know you're a leader that people want to be around. They'll follow you to the end of the earth, and so. 
I don't worry about people, you know, that, that do get better opportunities. I've had, if an employee gets offered a better opportunity for them, I, I bless and, and release, you know, I let them know that it's been great working with them. I hope this new opportunity is, is successful. Anything I can do to help them. There's no bitter. And I, I haven't gone up against this, but when I have, you know, I, the few times that it's popped up, I, I wish them the best because true leaders want to see their employees and their, and their followers, like I say, go, you know, further. And so mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in that. For sure. Mentorship is always a two, two-sided or two-way street, right? Yes. You, like, I've been on the uh, mentor side for, for the youth and, and within my organization. So I've seen it, how much I've learned as well, how much it opens up new perspectives for you. Uh, because usually you mentor someone who is quite different from you, right? In a way, usually it's some person who is younger, less experienced, but it doesn't mean that they, they didn't have anything to offer you. They offer you a completely new picture or view to the world. And if you're open to that and perceptive to that, you just learn and, and you develop and you evolve as a leader and as, as a human being. So that's that's just the the kind of relationship I promote uh, very strongly as well, that we all should be mentoring in our lives because that's uh, that's the beauty of the passing the knowledge further and also getting more knowledge. And just as you said about compound effects of it, uh, that, that's how we can get it. Absolutely. Katie, you mentioned a bit of the uh, imposter syndrome in the hyper growth uh, phase of your career in the corporate world when you were not sure that you you deserve the seat at the table, the deserve, deserve the positions that you were given and the trust that you were given. How have you been working with that? And also, has it anyhow changed since you started your own business? Yeah. Days. There's days that it still pops up, you know, and I, I question, holy crap, what am I doing? I'm taking on too much, those kind of things. Um, so I, I do have to channel check and I and I find myself just trusting in my gut and knowing that sometimes that, you know, certain projects, certain opportunities just aren't the right time, right fit. Um, and so I'm not afraid to say I, I might not be the right opportunity after a conversation. Let me point you in the right direction. But I certainly, yes, I... I um, I don't think anybody who ever came in contact with me during those times would tell you that because I've always had this um, very confident personality. But yeah, deep down inside, there were definitely times that I was questioning everything. Um, and I just kind of had to keep trusting in, and knowing. And again, I'll go back to my, my spouse who is my biggest cheerleader, you know, believes in me more than I believe in myself on any given day. And just the reassurance um, that I was getting constantly from there was so, so helpful in my in my personal and professional growth. Yeah, I can relate to that a lot. A lot. And I'm usually saying that the... Uh, I see that we get some highs here. Hi from Sunil from Dubai. And Natalie, I know she's tuning in from, uh, from the UK. So we're quite international here with our audience. Hello. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I'm shared a couple of times in the interviews that I learned the unconditional love from my husband. She taught me by his example of unconditional love in me, how that can be. And whenever I would get those kind of comments from him, like, I love you on a bad day or my bad day. And I would say, why? I like, there's nothing, no reason to love me. And, and he would just stare at me like, because I love you. <laughs> and I really thought about I want to have that within myself, that I can say that to myself unconditionally every single day. And just leaning onto him in that process of learning that was such huge help to me. I would sometimes have it that I I would get that bad day and I would already be in the stage of like knowing that, okay, bad day doesn't mean bad life and bad action of mine doesn't mean I'm a bad person, but I would still like start doubting myself. I would just come to him and say, I need a cuddle and then say, tell me five things that are good about me. And I'll just listen and I'll try to remember them. So leaning onto people around us who have more confidence in us, who see something that we sometimes forget because of that imposter syndrome, this is super important. And it's not the weakness of you. It's not you stepping back somehow in your progress. It's you getting help on your growth journey. Just as we discussed before, you need that, right? You, you need to lean onto someone uh, all the time because we are growing and, and not always we're 
we're stable enough in that new size of ours. <laughs> so it's uh, thanks so much, Katie, for sharing that, that you, you, you have your spouse who have been by your side in those tough moments and also how you are training yourself and nurturing that trust, right? That, okay, it, it, it is tough, but maybe that's just not the right moment, not the right thing to do at the moment, but it all will come together. So it's also this kind of trust in the process in a way. Absolutely. Trust in the process. I couldn't, couldn't have ended on a better note. <laughs> so talking about the end, I usually ask three questions, Katie, in the, in the end. And one of them is, what would be your three pieces of advice? And that could be a summary of what we have discussed, but it could be something completely different as well. Yeah. So my three pieces of advice are um, trust in the process, 100%. Mm-hmm. Two, build a network and have conversations. Try to have five new conversations every single week, no matter what, because you never know what those conversations could lead, whether it be you know, opportunity from a sales perspective or even be opportunity from you know, adding to your own culture you know, and, and connecting with somebody. And then I would say number three is it all starts at the top. It starts with the top. You have to start with the end in mind. And if you can get yourself to create the right culture and create the right opportunity, you know, it's just pretty magical what can happen from there. So remember that if there's something in a culture that you don't like, it starts with you. And if you let it continue, then you're tolerating that and you're letting it affect your culture. If it's something you don't want to have in your culture, then you, the organ- as the leader, have to make the organization understand that is not the kind of culture you want. And you want to make sure those people are either removed or, you know, have a conversation and say, listen, I want to have you here long-term. I want to see your future, but I need you to, to change these areas. That's beautiful, Katie. It, just a side note to that old question. Like, I know that we also have listeners and viewers who are somewhere in the middle of the organization. What would you suggest to them uh, if they don't see themselves as the top, right? And they are not the one and only who creates the culture. Uh, what would you say to them in this context? Yeah. First thing I would say is to reach out to their superiors, reach out to the executive leadership team and say, what do you, what are you looking for in future leadership? What, what are ways for me to, to get an opportunity to have a seat at the table? Not, you know, oftentimes I think this mistake is made as it's heard like a promotion. It doesn't need to be a promotion. I'm a big believer that you do the job before you can have the title. First of all, you know, pay and promotion and, and title come with after doing the job. And um, anybody who's ever reported to me will attest to, I'm a big believer in that. And two, I think that you, if you're having these conversations, it helps them to know you're open-minded. You, you are, you know, company, you, you're thinking company first and you want to know what can you do? What can you help with to help the company succeed? And what are they looking for in the future in their own leaders? Um, and then again, networking. I can't say that enough. Look for that mentorship. Build a group that you can feed off of, that you can bounce ideas off of, that you can refer business to, so that you can continue to grow um, yourself. You know, those are very, very important things. Love that. And the first point that you said, reach out and ask. Uh, that is quite often people don't even think about it. Isn't it? I don't get no, the idea of that, right? <laughs> so it's so good that you pointed out that, like, of course, uh, you you can be scared of that, and you think, oh, what's the scariest thing that can happen? And the, the scariest thing is scary to you. But at the same time, think about it. You're showing your ambition and that your commitment to the company. And if the company doesn't appreciate it, maybe that's time to step aside and not waste your life and your ambition with that company if you're not aligned that way. So right. take it. And there is no worst case scenario here, really, if you step up and talk. Thanks for sharing that, Katie. So what would be one piece of advice on the practical level, some action step that our listeners and viewers can take today after listening to us. And definitely put themselves out there on, on social media more, whether mm. it be their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. So I would say going and, and putting something out there that's really personal. That really is what pe- resonates with people, helps them to see you know, like-minded individuals. I think I, I look for like-minded individuals a lot in my network. And then continuing to, to read and have conversations and continuing to listen to podcasts, think differently, be open to thinking differently, be open to doing things differently than the way you do them today. And don't be afraid to take leaps. Don't be afraid to do things different than what you do today. You know, um, yes, comfort is such an easy thing to do. It's, it's easy to do the same thing every single day and you will get the same results. But if you want different results, you have to be willing to take, you know, chances and take leaps at doing things differently than the way you do them today. Personally and professionally. For sure. 
That's great. Katie, if people would like to know more about you and what you do and maybe want to collaborate with you and hire uh, some some people from your team from Full Advantage, how can they find you, more, learn more? Yeah. So we are on, on LinkedIn, Full Advantage LLC. Um, we also um, you know, can connect with me personally on LinkedIn. Um, and Facebook page, it's also out there. Um, and I think you know, you'll get all the, the handles out there for anybody who's looking for them. But Katie Keach on LinkedIn, um, Full Advantage LLC on Facebook and Instagram. Perfect. So we'll uh, put all those in the show notes when the podcast goes live. And uh, I would just like to thank you so much for being so open and for sharing your experiences. I think there were a lot of uh, very valuable golden nuggets here in uh, how to build a team, how to really bring people together. That's that's what leadership is about, right? Really getting, creating this magical synergy among the people whom we have uh, and whom we're blessed to work with. And you just dropped so many wisdom pieces there, the nuggets that help us think in the right way to really seek out that synergy and to nurture it. So thank you so much for your time today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure as well. And to all the genius leaders tuning in, thanks so much for, for doing just that and uh, spending some time with us and let us know what you learned today, what action are you taking and what you would like to learn more about, maybe dig deeper into some of the topics we covered with Katie or something else that sparked uh, in you while listening to us and you would like to kind of shift the conversation a bit. I'm always happy to, to get your input and take it into account. So have a beautiful continuation of the week, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your communities. For more conversations about living and leading from your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it's my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything 